0: Hello and welcome to the week 7 edition of the Lions Megapod. Matt Brown, Steven Anders, Adam Candy coming to you. We're going to go through each and every game. Give you bets that are in our accounts. If we have any leans one way or another. And you know what? If we're passing on a game, we'll let you know why we're passing on the game as well. Player props and everything in between. Kick things off here. Detroit Lions and the Baltimore Ravens. And with this game, we're sitting a cheap... Three right now in favor of the Ravens 43 to 43 and a half is your total guys I just got back from being down in Arizona one of the great things about being in Arizona is you can bet on your computer you can have a sports book open when a line pops up you can utilize that line and I actually got an expensive three and a half on the Lions um so I got on the other side of a hook Paid some juice, but um, you know it, it, uh, it only lasted about 90 seconds, and then uh, it got bought back and then popped again a little bit later, but it didn't last long again, and then we haven't seen anything close to that. At the number three right now, Adam, um, it looks like we're probably heading to two and a half on this thing. It looks as if the Lions money is finally starting to come in. I went with the I would still play the three let me just say this I wouldn't need the hook I just jumped on it because it was there. I would still play it at three with the Lions when you dig into this game one of the things that really has shocked me about this Lions team is just how good this defense has played you go ahead and you start to whittle out the garbage time stuff you start to whittle out the you know factored for opponent and all that and like on its baseline you have a top 10 defense in the NFL now will that continue on for the rest of the season? I don't know. But I don't really care because I want to bet this week seven game right now. and This Lions defense is playing very, very, very good. And so with that, I'm going to go ahead and take advantage of a, of, of getting points with a Lions team that I don't feel I'm truly ever out of the game with. A backdoor is always open for how good they play on the offensive side of the ball as well.
1: I'm going to make it really simple from my end, and I'll leave the rest to you guys. Right now, if you're looking at a three-point spread, between Detroit and Baltimore. Let's say you use one or one and a half for your home field adjustment. Do you have a point and a half or two points between these two teams on a neutral field? If you do, then good for you. I don't. (laughs) I, I have these teams flat even on a neutral. And so if one team is favored by three and you have them rated together and you don't have a significant adjustment to make to either team for weather for what? For quarterback, no, like there, there's no significant injury adjustment. Yeah, there could be some wind, and that could be <clears throat> something that we factor in, but I think that's something you factor in more than the total than you do on the side. So I think the Lions are going to be able to run the ball no matter who is the running back. We know it's not going to be David Montgomery, but we know that Jameer Gibbs is trending toward being in. So we know that they at least have someone to run the football. And for Baltimore, If it's a home spot for Baltimore, it's a home spot coming off having the travel of London involved as well. So I think take whatever adjustment you would make for the weather if you think that the Lions need to be able to throw the ball. I don't. I think they can run, too. And then even that adjustment out with Baltimore coming off a rough travel spot, in the end, take the points with the team that you think is better between the two that are rated right next to each other for me.
0: Yeah, Stephen, look, we, we... Talked about how we thought this Lions offense could be explosive in the, in the, you know, heading into this season. What we didn't think was that this, that this uh, defense was going to be as good as they have been. We thought, hey, look, they played better towards the end of last season. So we thought, okay, maybe take a step forward. They go from being, let's call it 20th to maybe, you know, 17th, 16th, maybe their league average. I did not expect top 10. I don't know if it's going to last, but they're playing that way right now. They're defending pretty much at every level. And with that, I mean, this Ravens team has just not been able to figure it out once they get inside the 20s. Between the 20s, they've been all right, but they hadn't been able to get in the end zone. And I think the Lions are going to go ahead and continue to kind of frustrate them from that angle as well. I really do like this angle, getting the points with a team that, like I said, always can run
2: down from the back door with how good they are on offense. So early in the week, I teased this up to eight and a half thinking we weren't going to get the three. I was pretty Mm. surprised that we got the three. And it looks like we might wind up back at two and a half near close anyway, based on what we're seeing here on Friday. And just to bully the two points that you guys made, Matt, I checked our power rankings. You and I agree. We both have Detroit rated higher than the Ravens on a neutral field this week. Um, if you talk about the lions defense and the fact that they are number one in the league in terms of defensive EPA and success rate, if you filter out 10% garbage mm-hmm. time on both sides, I think that's a product of them being able to get pressure at a top five, uh, rate in the league while not blitzing all that much. And on the flip side, the Ravens have one of the worst pressure rates in the league. In fact, they have a pressure rate 9% lower than their blitz rate, which is a bad combination. Despite that, their EPA and success rate numbers are still pretty solid. So you usually don't see that. I think that's a direct reflection of the quarterbacks that they faced. And this is the best offense that they will face at this point. So uh, I use the teaser leg, but I also use Detroit in a Moneyline parlay. Every week I just like to throw mm-hmm. in like a lunch money lottery ticket money line parlay. And I think the Lions are very live in this mm-hmm. game to win.
0: Yeah, I also played them in a non-traditional teaser. I it, it had already moved to three whenever I played it, and so I wanted to get somebody in there with the with the Seahawks, and so I took the Lions up to nine. So I do also have them in a teaser this week as well. Atlanta Falcons and Tampa Bay Bucks, this is two and a half in favor of the Bucks at home. It is a 37 total. Steven, in prior years, I would blindly tease the Falcons. It would be a game with a 37 total. I would blindly tease them up to eight and a half and I would just roll with it, hold my nose, move on. I haven't done it yet. I have to get over some of these biases I have against this Falcons offense and against Desmond Ritter because let's be for real – the Bucks. it's been a fine story and certainly Baker Mayfield's been I, but I think it's one of those deals where we almost have an inflated view of what Baker Mayfield has done this season because we just expect him to be garbage. We just have this mindset that Baker Mayfield is garbage. And when he plays like league average or even, even close to league average, we're kind of like, oh, look how well Baker Mayfield's playing. Isn't that amazing? You know, um, I think I'm probably going to end up having to find a dance partner here with the Falcons eight and a half in a game of the 37 total in which the Bucks' offense is just not really all that explosive. Like they can move the ball, but it's not like, you know, you're super worried about them blowing anybody out or anything.
2: So uh, tell me why I haven't put it in there. And what do you think about this one? You probably haven't put it in there. Cause Desmond Ritter is the quarterback. Yeah. We saw last week that it was pretty volatile in the second half and that can happen any given week. Nevertheless, Falcons still covered a, theoretical teaser mm-hmm. leg last week so i do have it in the account mm-hmm. i paired it up with buffalo um, and i think if tampa bay and their offense were to stop being as stubborn as they are running the ball and and doing it very inefficiently if they were to pass it more well i think the falcons defense matches up pretty good with this passing attack they are number seven in pass D success rate They uh, are much better in terms of talent than what we've seen in recent years with the Falcons defense. So I think it's a pretty decent matchup there. And I think just with the way that Arthur Smith, we know, likes to play games, slow, methodical, not a very fast pace. I mean, I've given you a little analysis, but to go back to what you initially said, it's a traditional Wong teaser with a total of 37. So pretty high success rate traditionally with that.
0: Yeah, Adam, I mean, you know, I, I kind of did a little bit of teaser research just over the last few weeks. And we, since we've gotten all these ridiculously low totals in these games, like, I should have just been blindly play. Like, teasers would have been crushing. Like, if, you'd just, if you would have just backed off and threw your analysis out the window because we hate a quarterback or this, that, and the other, whatever. Like, if you would have just played all of these 40, 40 and sub-40 totals and just played the teaser leg— you it, it, ridiculously it was hitting like 80% or something. So we should have been doing that. I don't know if I keep riding it here. What say you?
1: All right. So not a weather game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Two teams that I think we probably all have rated fairly close to each other. All right. I have been the one advocating for plus seven and a half, plus eight and a half long teasers all year. And this ain't the spot for me um I'm gonna pass on this one uh I'm gonna pass on the game entirely but I want to give you some Desmond Ritter stats that should probably make anybody who's thinking about Atlanta want to live bet this game as opposed to betting it pre-game so let's talk a little bit about what has happened with Desmond Ritter depending on what the game plan has looked like okay so for Desmond Ritter this year in six starts he has three starts in which the average depth of target is eight yards or less, right? The conservative Desmond Ritter. The Desmond Ritter that Arthur Smith is not asking to do a whole lot. And in those starts, I'm just going to go by big-time throws and turnover-worthy plays because there's a stat in here that's really going to scare the hell out of you if you're an Atlanta backer. Uh, in the low dot starts, Desmond Ritter has been respectable. Okay, yeah, Three mm-hmm. big-time throws and three turnover-worthy plays, okay? You don't ask a lot, you don't get a lot. That's fine. But whether it's been game state or whether it's been game plan, there have been three games this year, including last week, when Desmond Ritter was asked to do more. And the game that everyone wants to point to about how well he's doing was two weeks ago, it was not one of the high dot games. In the games in which he has had an average depth of target of nine yards or more. So basically, for everybody saying, you have all these weapons, you have Drake London, you have Kyle Pitts and Bijan Robinson, why aren't you throwing the ball down the field? My friend, here's why you're not throwing the ball down the field. Because in those three starts, Desmond Ritter has 11 turnover-worthy plays, and he has two big-time throws. If this ends up being a game in which the Atlanta Falcons have to throw the ball they are not going to be able to chase effectively. And that's what gives me pause about playing teaser here because Tampa didn't look great last week. I'll absolutely give you that. But if you want to go with what Matt talked about and the fact that this Detroit defense has been a lot better than we expected and the fact that Baker Mayfield has been okay, not great, Mm -hmm. but he's been okay by the PFF numbers this year, a total of 37. I could see us getting to what 30 points on a 20 to 10, on a 23 to 13. I-, I think it's possible for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to get there. And we've already seen one of these games this year with Tampa against the Saints in which they had an injured, struggling Derek Carr and they were able to win that pretty handily. So I'll stay away from it entirely just because those Ritter numbers scare the hell out of me.
0: Washington Commanders and the New York Football Giants. It is going to be Terod Taylor under center for the Giants, it seems. I know Daniel Jones listed as officially questionable, but all signs seem to point that he's going to need a week to get it going. They did get back Saquon Barkley last week, and this has now moved either expensive two and a half or a full three on the Washington Commanders. A total, another of 37 and a half out there. Adam? We could go right back to the well again. Hey, super low total. Get it up to eight, eight and a half. You know, do we go that route? What do you see here from the Giants? I mean, at this point, I don't know if it really matters who plays quarterback. If it is Daniel Jones, if it is Terod Taylor, the offensive line being the kind of the wreck that it is right now. I I don't know if it really changes my perception of the team all that much. I think for at this scenario, we're just kind of like looking and saying, okay, the Giants, have played one of the most difficult schedules in all of the NFL to start the season. Washington, on the other hand, has played one of the softest schedules of the entire NFL to start the season. And so these teams are probably about equal. It's just we think maybe a little bit better of the commanders. Um, so I, I don't know, man. I think that I think it's an interesting teaser leg from the from the Giants side uh, when it's all said and done. But maybe that ends up being the Giants and, and Falcons in my account. But again, not in there yet.
1: This is also a pass for me, despite the fact that it fits all of those Wong criteria that we like so much. Um, I have one fantasy league in which I play with a number of my old college buddies, and uh, the name of the team used to be Turn and Coughlin. Uh, makes sense, right? Uh, I named the team this year Day Bowling for Dollars because I really felt like I, I'm I'm in on the big fat man. Like he's he's our guy. He got our team to overperform last year. We and I mean we played really well and I changed the name of the team two weeks ago to I fear for Daniel Jones life because (laughs) I do fear for Daniel Jones life Um, his neck got bent back once again last week this offensive line is one of the worst you will ever see on any NFL field And they're going to be down multiple starters again. Andrew Thomas is not going to play. John Michael Schmitz is not going to play. Even Shane Lemieux, who was backing up and was the number two center, is not going to play. So it is going to be not only the worst of the Giants' offensive line, but then some backups to go with them as well. They're making signings off other teams' practice squads to fill it out. I don't know that you can find exactly where the bottom might be for this Giants team on the offensive side of the ball. Do not be fooled by what you saw last week out of the New York Giants. I think that had a lot more to do with the fact that there's some signal in whatever's wrong with Buffalo right now Mm -hmm. than it does with how the Giants played overall in that game. So if you go and filter out garbage time, and I do even a little more aggressively than Steven was talking about, 20% to 80%, uh, the Washington offense is actually upper half of the league, and Sam Howell is actually number 12 out of 25 starting quarterbacks. Now, a lot of that EPA is on big plays, right? About Sam Howell getting some big gainers. This is a Giants defense that will give up those explosive plays. It's entirely possible. So, hard lean to the two and a half uh, laying it with Washington if you can get there.
0: Yeah, I actually think if I played this straight up, I have no problem two and a half, I have no problem three. I actually probably have no problem even playing some alts on Washington because it kind of feels like one of those games where it's like, if it's going to go Washington's way, like you said, Adam, it's probably because Howell's playing a pretty decent game. The defense just, even though they haven't been great so far this year, is being able to limit a very, very limited offensive line and can't protect whoever in the hell ends up playing quarterback. And, you know, is this a 10-point game? I think very easily it's a. it could be a 10-point game. So I think if I, if I went that direction or end up ultimately going that direction – I might sprinkle in some alts as well because I'm not really f- afraid of it then at that point staying close because the handicap is the offensive lines not going to be able to handle what Washington brings to the table. The, de- the offense has actually been fairly decent whenever you factor out some of the garbage time stuff. So in theory, then at that point, I, I think we could be getting you know well on the other side of a field goal.
2: Steven, what do you see here in Washington and the Giants? I have Washington minus two and a half in my Mm -hmm. account. I made that bet. And it is because I am a big believer that when you have this many injuries on the offensive line, it just it just catapults your entire offense from being consistent. And I agree with Adam that I thought last week was more about some issues with Buffalo. and, And maybe we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, I see a lot of similarities here to a team that we saw last year in the Los Angeles Rams who were just a mash unit on their offensive line. And it took a while for the market to adjust to that reality because Matthew Stafford was still the quarterback in a lot of those games. And I was firing bets against the Rams because I just didn't feel like, you know, yes, Cooper Cup wasn't there either, but I'm pretty sure the Giants this year don't have Cooper Cup as well. So, uh, I don't think this is a viable offense with how hurt the offensive line is. I don't think they can move the ball. So I would be terrified to take a teaser leg out with them based on that. They can lose by double digits any given week. So I will absolutely take the commies here under a field goal, even though it is a divisional game on the road, which is typically not something you want to do. Uh, but yeah, I feel very comfortable with it just because I don't, I don't care if it's Daniel Jones or Terod Taylor. This is one of the worst offensive lines I've ever seen. Let's move on to a game in which
0: it's, you know, tons of speculation here for us, guys. It is the Las Vegas Raiders and the Chicago Bears. This is another two and a half and a 37 and a half total Um, in favor of the Raiders on the road over the Bears. We know Justin Fields not going to go. It sounds to me like this is kind of a multi-week injury for him. I'm speculating, but it seems like this is going to be two or three weeks for him. He can't grip the football. So we're going to get Tyler Badgett. And on the Raiders' side, we're not going to get Jimmy Garoppolo, yet they have not decided whether it will be Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell. They said they will make that call after practice today. So, um, yeah, I know. So we can't really fully handicap this one uh, to to the extent we would like to do with all this. Steven, so many unknowns in this, so much garbage to try and deal with with all of this. Maybe a lean to the under. I could see this game playing just absolutely terribly and it just being
2: the most ridiculous thing we've ever watched. But uh, these aren't the type of games I like to bet. So let's stick with the theme here uh, that Adam brought up where this fits another potential long teaser. You have a home underdog at two and a half. You could tease up to eight and a half and a total of 37 and a half. But the idea of teasing and getting extra points is that you have confidence that the points you're getting are valuable and i'm not sure how anybody could be confident completely that getting six extra points with with Bageant or bajent i guess we'll whatever find out it this is. weekend Bageant, <laughs> the pride of shepherd Bageant, university whatever. right in west yeah. virginia the 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 guy who once got killed by the colorado school of mines uh, is starting an nfl game this week how could anybody feel confident that the six extra points they're getting there to pay minus 120 or shorter at a lot of books now is valuable so I don't have a bet on this game but I would just say just based on the unknown if you definitely want to bet this just take the plus money on Chicago and the home dog against another backup quarterback on the other side and a head coach who has been terrible who's made bad decisions over and over again in his NFL career a dome team going on the road in colder weather and wind like if you want to bet this game, just lean into that randomness and that variance, and take some plus money as opposed to laying juice with a with a complete unknown on the teaser leg. Adam, I had people, I heard people this week
0: because you know you got to fill content, You got to fill air. Talking about Tyler Badgett threw for four thousand five hundred and eighty yards in his in last year. So what are we like? Why are we just assuming he can't play? I'm like, he did this. I guess the school that Stephen just previously mentioned, Slippery Rock, East Stroudsburg, B- Bloomsburg, Westchester, Millersville, Lock Haven, Shippensburg. Oh my
2: god, that's my neck of the woods. I had Ed- high school friends that went to Bloomsburg <laughs> and Shippensburg. Ed-
0: Edinburgh, Southern Connecticut State. How's Connecticut even big enough to have a Southern Connecticut State? That's not even that shouldn't even be a thing. And Was he the had a Connecticut
2: get- School of Broadcasting on yeah, the, on the schedule? And, and and whatever,
0: so like People are trying to make a case for this guy because he threw for a lot of yards last year against a whole bunch of, like, probably not even good, barely good enough to play on their senior football team, you know? And so, I don't know, man. I I don't want to back the Raiders, but at least there's some sort of, if they go with Hoyer, at least, if they go with Aiden O'Connell, just absolutely throw this out the window to me, but... At least with Hoyer, there's a proven commodity. We at least know what we're getting. We have a guy that is at least-
2: <laughs> look at his face, proven, proven, proven commodity. What? Brian Hoyer, <laughs> yeah,
0: yes, a guy that has like a that has like a million a, a million snaps in the NFL over the course of fifteen years. Who hasn't a won pro- a game? And I right. can't
1: remember how long. As, as opposed to sixteen,
0: as opposed to as opposed to a guy that literally listen, he is going to get blitzed. He is going to. He, they are about to blitz him. At a 90% rate. And, sh- and, and this is going to be the, cr- like, we're about to see the highest blitz rate in the history of the NFL. Because they are going to make this guy badgeant who none of us had heard of until we agent week ago. whatever you it's also dead. called him Tyler oh. two
1: seconds ago oh
0: listen listen whatever Tyson Taylor Tyler whatever <laughs> who cares like I mean who gives who, who cares he's gonna he's gonna be back in groceries in two weeks anyway it doesn't it doesn't even matter number
2: 12 he could be TB12
0: yeah like he whatever he's this is his audition for the XFL like is what's going on to, the, to this week but anyway Adam you 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 follow this Raiders team what do we what do we think about a two and a half let them laying two and a half on the road
1: all right. First of all, it's going to be O'Connell. Uh, like, don't don't buy the noise on Brian Hoyer. They have this set up to where Hoyer comes in mid-game if they need him. Aiden O'Connell gets the full week start. And when you have Jimmy Garoppolo as your starting quarterback, you need to have these things planned out. And that's where the way that the Raiders have this set up right now. I, I want to talk about two things
0: because, sure, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, sure, yeah.
1: <laughs> so let's talk about this in the aggregate, right? Let's talk about where we are right now with Las Vegas and Chicago both throwing backup quarterbacks out there uh whether it's a backup or whether it's an injured quarterback there are 10 teams this week that either are on a backup or are throwing an injured starter out there and if you want to get involved in trying to handicap injured starters and backups god bless you because you have a lot more confidence in these situations than i do now i have one fade coming up later with a backup quarterback in which i feel good about but other than that In general, what have we gotten this year trying to figure out quarterback injuries? We didn't know Derek Carr's shoulder was going to be busted and come into a game in which we thought Jameis Winston was going to start. We've had no idea what to do with Joe Burrow throughout the entire season we saw the jacksonville new orleans line bounce around all week this week based on trevor lawrence isn't yeah. going trevor lawrence is going yeah. trevor lawrence is hurt but he's playing trevor lawrence can't run oh yeah trevor lawrence led the jaguars in rushing last yeah. night yeah. if yeah. you <laughs> want to try to figure these yeah. things his spray out his sprained knee really mattered whenever he
0: ran for like 59 yards like <laughs> I mean, it's insane up, uh, I it's
1: absolutely insane so here's the only way i'm going to tell you to potentially get involved in this game if you pay attention to the raiders then you heard Devontae adams this week talking about how he's not getting the football and how yeah okay we just won the last two games but the offense is not working the way it's intended if I'm not getting the football it's very tempting to just stick the diva wide receiver label on him and I think you would be completely wrong because Devontae Adams is the canary in the coal mine for a Raiders offense that still has not scored 20 points through six games this year the only way they got the 21 last week was because Mac Jones safetyed them into it yeah. at the I'm end well of the aware game. That my plus, that. Three well aware. Yes. my plus three is well aware. I so, know. Yeah. So, it's a little painful. It's a little painful. Look to Devontae Adams' props, seriously. Uh, they're going to force feed him the ball this week to try to make him happier. I, I know that's very narrative-y driven, but. There are multiple places you can look that's already happened this year. Happened with A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts. We saw it with D.J. Moore's targets pick up Jamar after Chase. he wasn't getting the ball for a while. Jamar Chase said he was always open. Turned out he went 9 for 180 in the next week. Play Devontae Adams overs. In the yeah. other Aiden
2: O'Connell game, Adams had 13 targets, 8 for 75. So maybe it, I think receptions is what I'd be most – into with the Yeah, back
0: we've got over. like i mean it's a you know, squeaky wheel narrative like for these wide receiver ones actually plays out sometimes because you can force targets to wide receiver ones and so it's not just it, it's not like a a completely unknown thing to happen in the in the nfl Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots, eight and a half. There are a couple of flat eights now out there in favor of the Bills on the road over the Patriots. Forty and a half is your total. Forties, 40, 40 and a half, both of those out there. So, Adam, I, I, I look at this and I... I can I feel start, where you're going already. Look, <laughs> I look at this and it's like eight and a half is probably too many points. Uh, and it's like... My rational mind should probably try to get myself to either a Patriots or pass ticket. But I, I hate this offense so much, and I hate Mac Jones at quarterback so much, and the lack of talent in playmakers is so evident. And now on the defensive side of the ball, kind of beating up a little bit more over there as well. I end up landing on an under. Now, it's the number is is different from when I got I got it earlier in the week. I still think it's under or pass for me if I don't think that the team can score really at all. If I think Buffalo is kind of mildly broken, and by the way, it's starting to come to roost, by this this whole me worried about them not having a second target on that team because they do not have a second option, and outside of Steph Diggs, whenever they really need anything done, they can't get anything done. And I think this is a real, real, real concern for this Bills team, and wouldn't they like to be able to call up the Raiders and see if they could acquired Devontae Adams? But that's neither here nor there. Um, Adam, 40, 40.5, 8.5, Bills on the road at the Patriots.
1: I, everything in me says take the Patriots, and yeah. I can't get there. Um, and it's the same as what I told you guys last week. I said it here on the podcast last week and said it should be Jets for me, right? Like it absolutely should be Jets. I loved what lo- it looked like in that spot. Would have been right. Didn't have the guts to do it. <clears throat> and I definitely don't have the guts to do it with Mac Jones this week. um Let me read you just a few more stats. Desmond Ritter, I told you, 14 turnover worthy plays total. You know who else has 14 turnover worthy plays? Mac Jones. Uh, They have almost the same amount of interceptions. They have almost the same amount of touchdowns. They have the exact same completion percentage on the year. And so Mac Jones is very, very, very live to throw one pick six, to throw two, to throw three, to throw four, because that's how many pick sixes he's thrown so far this year. He's already thrown four pick sixes. And if you want to go ahead and screw up either an under or taking a lot of points, With a bad offense, then that's exactly how you do it. So how about this, Matt? Why don't we peg this as a live bet game where after a quarter or so, if it really feels like the Buffalo offense is that stuck, if it's that bad, then maybe then I can get to taking the points with New England or taking an under, but I can't do it pregame.
0: Steven, the, the losses, I think, of, uh, of Gonzo and Judon started to kind of show up a little bit. So, we look at these advanced stats and we see, hey, this team's really actually pretty good on defense. But we kind of have to take it with a grain of salt because now we're about to see what they're truly made of without two superstars out there. When I say super, listen, like... Christian Gonzalez, in his short time, these other looking like he was the absolute real deal. We know Judon is one of the very best at at, at that position in all of the NFL. So you look and you see like, well, their rush defense success rate second against, like that's amazing. Rush defense DVOA is eighth, and like pass defense, are kind of middle of the pack. It's not that big of a deal. Well, maybe it is a big deal.
2: I agree. And on top of that, they have a quarterback now who's playing worse than Zach Wilson in a lot of ways. If you look at the advanced statistics, uh, most notably completion percentage over expected. So and when he when he does throw a dime, when he needs it, most his receiver drops it last week. One play before that safety, the irony. Right. So I, I don't I think they have a quarterback worse than Zach Wilson at this point in a lot of ways. And I think they have a defense that's nowhere as good as the Jets. Like, this is a bottom five team in the NFL, the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. And I I want to bet them to cover this spread so badly because I think Josh Allen's hurt. I if you look at his A-dot first half versus second half against the Giants, it was like 10 versus four and a half, something like that. It was just he was hurt and he couldn't he wasn't throwing deep anymore. Uh so I don't think he's fully healthy. I think he's gutting it out. I think their defense and their passing defense is still very injured. And that's, you know, you saw Darius Slayton burning them on the outside last week. So I'm looking for spots to fade the Bills as a big favorite, but not with this team. I'm good. So I actually went the other way and took a bit of a risk based on how I feel about this Buffalo team. But I just think the Patriots are so bad that I just tease the Bills down through 7-3, yeah. and three, and I'm good with that. And if I lose, so be it win game maybe something weird will happen but i just don't think mac jones can go win a game right now and i know i'm sure adam's gonna hop in and say that's risky with what we know about buffalo right now
1: no it's it's really not look there's i can't argue with looking at this game and teasing down i will tell you overall teasing up has been better than teasing down thus far this year but again small sample size caveats apply to all of these things the one thing i would point out is that we talked a lot about New England's defense and Buffalo's offense and we didn't talk about just how beaten up this Buffalo defense is and the fact that they've already for the season lost their top playmakers at all three levels and now Ed Oliver's not playing this week if ever New England was going to be able to muck it up and play a 14-10 to 10 kind of game and just run the ball over and over again, this would be the game because remember, before Brian Dable and Mike Kafka lost their minds on the last couple of plays of the game, they were running the ball all over Buffalo in the second half. Like, Saquon Barkley was horrible in the first half, and then the holes started to open up as the game went on. New England might be able to do that. Ramondre Stevenson is trending back toward in on the injury report this week, so... You know, th- just things to think about, but I can't play
2: it. Matt, last thing. Uh, yep. Not, this is not the week for it, but after this week, we assume Buffalo gets this win. Let's look at this Bill's future schedule and, and see, like, are there, are there negative outcome futures that we want to consider with Buffalo, considering where they're at? Because we could probably get some really good prices. They're still being rated easily as a top five, maybe top four, three team right now. So if you, if you want to fade them the rest of the way, I think we can get some good prices on them.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, they're, they're, the last half of the schedule is certainly much tougher than the first half of the schedule for this team, for sure. you got games against Cincinnati. you got games against Philly. you got the Chiefs. you got the Cowboys. We don't know what version of the Chargers you'll get late in the season, but you do have the Chargers on there and then closing out the season on the road at the Dolphins. Not going to be easy sledding for the B- Buffalo Bills. That is definitely for sure, and certainly if they continue to play like they're playing right now. Cleveland Browns and the Indianapolis Colts this is now out to three three and a half 40 and a half is your total again it's just the total of the week that we've got going with all these um so I played the Browns at two guys uh I might come back in now on the other side of three and try and just middle this thing at three I'll be f- just full transparency since I did get since I can't get this thing now and On the other side of three, my thought was, is I wanted to take it at two on the off chance that Deshaun Watson was going to be back. And then I would probably get the line movement to be able to try to get this thing on the three that has, that has played out at this point. Uh, Deshaun Watson official list is questionable was out there practicing today. We know he mouthed to the crowd at the end of last week. See you soon, whatever the hell that means. And whatever, uh, more than anything, Steven, this is not a, this is not a handicap about who even plays quarterback for the Browns for me. The reason I felt comfortable playing the Browns, even if he wasn't going to play while I was fine with taking the two anyway, is the fact that we saw last week what happens with Gardner Minshew is pressured and pressured a lot. And one thing we know about Cleveland, they live in the backfield. This defense lives in the backfield. He is going to get pressured, and he's going to get pressured a ton. And Gardner Minshew is a lifelong journeyman backup for a reason. And he wets the bed whenever he gets a ton of pressure on him. He's going to throw the ball to the Cleveland Browns a couple of different times in this game and getting it at a, at, a, at this number I think is is worth a is worth at least a small look on the Brown side because I don't know how the Colts consistently move the ball up and down the field and score against this Browns defense
2: I agree with you this was a midweek play that I shared in the lines.com discord um, free to join top right hand corner of the home page you can find the link to to go in there and we bet Cleveland minus two and a half uh, in the middle of the week. When we first got the initial optimism that Deshaun Watson might be back this week. Uh, I agree with everything you're saying about Gardner Minshew. Um, I, Adam, I want to ask you, I don't, if you have your numbers in front of you, what do you make this spread? Um, and if, if you don't have them in front of you, just, you know, if you had have a it. best guess. Uh,
1: without a, without an adjustment for Deshaun Watson, which I have to be honest, for me is probably a point at most. Mm-hmm. Um, I make it Cleveland two. I would probably be comfortable going to Cleveland three based on Gardner Minshew, mm-hmm. but I don't make it beyond
2: that. Yeah, so I'm. Int- that, that, that's interesting to me because there is a common data point here. And listen, markets adjust, team ratings change, but for for what it's worth, there's a common data point here with Gardner Minshew playing the Ravens and Deshaun Watson playing the Ravens this year. And if you look at those closing spreads, you get Cleveland minus five or five and a half on a neutral. If you were to give the Colts two points for home field advantage, you would get Cleveland minus three and a half where we're at. I would not give the Colts two points of home field advantage. I think they have one of the worst home field advantages in the NFL. In fact, when I worked for the Colts, their head coach at the time, Chuck Pagano straight up told me he thought they had one of the worst home field advantages in the NFL. There's just, when you're on the field there, it, the noise is not all that restrictive to a road team. Um so that's very different I was curious because that's very different from what you just said Adam and I think that's just because we have a muddled quarterback situation on both sides here but um with how good the Cleveland defense is and I'm not giving them all the credit credit in the world against the 49ers last week when they had a ton of injuries and a big wind game but I think it's fair to say now that this is one of the elite defenses in the NFL. I'm just not sure they're the best, but against this matchup against Gardner Minshew, I'm perfectly happy laying under a field goal here with with Cleveland. So, Adam, for just for me,
0: if I knew if I knew we had a healthy Deshaun Watson, I actually had this four and a half in favor of Cleveland, even on the road. So it's, but obviously, that given what we know, I think the line is three three and a half. I would still think that it's playable for me given all the stuff that's kind of is going on it fair on to here.
2: say we all think Deshaun Watson isn't some amazing quarterback, but maybe it's just about the fact that P.J. Walker is like brutally bad.
0: Yeah. Oh, I rewatched that game and it was bru- it was a brutal performance. I mean, it was absolutely horrific watching what P.J. Walker did. Now that said, that is a different defense than what he gets this week in the Colts. Should it be him? Right? So there, there, there is that. Adam, what do you see here in Browns and Colts?
1: So I see where you're coming from with with the four and a half, um, and making the adjustment for. The they are going oh, with Brian. Yeah.
0: They are going. They're going with Brian Hoyer. It is not going to be Aiden O'Connell. So it is. Uh, Wow. It is Brian Hoyer for the Raiders this week. So if that changes your handicap at all, Unbelievable. it is uh, the, Brian This Hoyer.
1: organization is such a joke. This organization is such an absolute joke. This is Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler trying to save their jobs yes. because they happen to have fluked their way into 3-3. Three and three, And they want to be able to point to the fact that they somehow got to 4-3 and three near midseason because Brian Hoyer gives them a better chance to win this game this week. That is garbage. This team has no chance to go anywhere or do anything. They are fooling themselves. Devontae Adams has it right, and everybody else, including Josh freaking McDaniels, has it wrong. And
0: guess what? I'm glad we're on this game because another doo 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 coming through. Deshaun Watson expected to start at Indy. Okay. So there it is. So Deshaun Watson expected right. to start.
1: So to me, I understand where your, where your rating comes from on that, Matt. I think there's a couple things. First of all, I'm a little higher on the Indianapolis defense, I think, than, than most are. Uh, I see it pretty close to a top 10 defense in what they've been able to do so far this year, despite the fact that I don't know that it's a talent-rich defense by any stretch of the imagination. They got put in some really, really bad spots last week by Gardner Minshew and by the turnovers, right? Don't be fooled by what Jacksonville did in terms of the points last week, because a lot of that was Gardner Minshew. And that, to me, is where we have to get to when it comes to handicapping this game because Gardner Minshew, the starter, by the numbers, is a hell of a lot different than Gardner Minshew, the backup. Let's go to the PFF numbers for this year. Uh, last week, Gardner Minshew had seven turnover-worthy plays. Do you know how hard it is to have that in one game? In one game! <laughs> Trevor seven. Simeon, your heart out. Seven of his 55 attempts were turnover Worthy plays. Uh, The other game he started against Baltimore, he had three of them. All 10 of his turnover-worthy plays have come in the two games that he started. None in the games in which he came in in relief of Anthony Richardson. In the games that he came in in relief of Anthony Richardson, the yards per attempt, 7.4 and 11.1. Hmm, interesting. So when teams had to game plan for a running quarterback, it went a lot differently than when teams had to game plan for Gardner Minshew. Well, when teams had a game plan for Gardner Minshew, yards per attempt five, yards per attempt six, and he was awful in both of those games. So here's the way I want to get after this game, because I don't trust that Deshaun Watson is healthy. And what I just said a few minutes ago about trying to handicap injured quarterbacks, I want to take Deshaun Watson and the Browns out of this entirely. This Cleveland defense isn't as far ahead of everyone as the Miami offense is ahead of everyone, but it's pretty far ahead of San Francisco by non-garbage time EPA as one of the best defenses that we have seen in a long time. The Indianapolis team total right now is 18 and a half. I do not see Indianapolis getting to 18.5 points against this Cleveland defense when we just saw what they did to the San Francisco 49ers, when we've seen what they have been able to do to just about everybody this year. So under Indianapolis team total 18.5.
2: Matt, a final note for me. (laughs) I... And me betting Cleveland minus two and a half was not some uber confident bet that they're just amazingly better than the Colts and can cover this on the road. Yeah. It was really a numbers play getting ahead of Deshaun Watson movement. So yeah, same. If this, same for if, me. yeah, if this gets the four, four and a half on Sunday, I may just middle this and say that to hell with this game yeah. and try and middle a number with a low total.
0: Pittsburgh Steelers and the Los Angeles Rams, it is an expensive three in favor of the Rams at home over the Steelers. 43 and a half is your total. So Adam, the Steelers coming out of a bye. We know what they have looked like on the offensive side of the ball so far this year. It has not been good. Every now and then flashes a little bit of picket to Pickens, but that is about it. Did they find anything? I'm looking at the injury report right now. They were optimistic Pat Friermuth was going to be back, and he is not. So he is officially out um, for them. But they do get Deontay Johnson back. So that obviously could, in theory, help this offense. We don't know because we don't know if Kenny Pickett can actually do anything at the quarterback position uh, in the NFL. At first blush, I wanted to come in on the Rams, and then I pumped the break kind of at least considering the fact that getting Johnson back in there, maybe he now without with Pickens, not having to be the, the number one, you bring back in Johnson who can be that number one. And then Pickens might actually get to run a little bit more freely. Maybe that opens up. Maybe it's easier throws for Pickett, which can make his job a little bit easier. I was, so I pumped the brakes. I don't have anything in the account on this one. At first blush, I wanted to go Rams, but then I was like, eh, coming out of a buy. A healthy wide receiver one, maybe we see a different version of the Steelers.
1: Okay. I I can't get there. Um and here's here's why. Cause to me, thinking that way about Deontay Johnson, especially, is kind of coaching your bet a little bit because you you're asking Matt Canada as offensive coordinator to effectively reincorporate him into the game plan and we've seen pretty consistently that Pittsburgh's game plans don't seem to reflect the talent that they have at any given time and so for me uh, this is this is Rams minus three and here's why I can look at four different units right two offenses and two defenses and I can tell you that by non-garbage time EPA there's one elite unit in this game And it has actually been a truly elite unit throughout the season. The Los Angeles Rams are fourth in offensive EPA outside Mm -hmm. of Garbage Time. Fourth! And Puka Nakua didn't suffer last week. He did not suffer at all with Cooper Cup coming back into the lineup. Like, this is going to be a spot for the Rams offensively to continue to do what they do, and I don't really worry that much about Pittsburgh figuring it out offensively. And here's the other piece of this equation. The one name that you did not mention on the injury report is the single most important name that you could mention for Pittsburgh, and he only popped up yesterday with a heel problem, and that's T.J. Watt. Uh, T.J. Watt was not on the injury report on Wednesday, and that heel problem was something that he injured in practice on Thursday. And so the Pittsburgh do defense do do without T.J. Watt do 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 is do 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 a... okay. T.J. Right.
2: Watt has been removed from the injury report.
1: Okay, well, it was bad enough to be a DNP on Thursday, so it's at least something to give me pause about what the health is of T.J. Watt and... We know that's how the Steelers have been winning games is by causing havoc with their defense. So, anyway, the, the long and short of it is the handicap comes down to I want to be betting on an elite offense, and the Rams have been that thus far in terms of their production in the passing game.
0: So, Stephen, you and I talked a little bit on the a little bit on the Survivor Pod this week about just some of the stuff that we were thinking in from a general standpoint, and uh, you know, one of the things we're talking about with Comeback Player of the Year, um, you know, we're sitting here. Damar Hamlin minus one fifty, Tua Tagovailoa plus two forty, but then Cooper Cup's still sitting out there at fifteen to one. If this Rams offense continues to hum, if Damar Hamlin continues to be inactive on NFL Game Day Sundays, and Tua it wins the MVP, like they're not gonna give him comeback player of the year and MVP, then the next guy on the list is Cooper Cup, right? I mean, and like if 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 the Rams continue to kinda play the way that they're playing, it's at least an interesting bet to put in your account anyway. I wanted to at least tangentially mention that because that was something we had talked about in case people don't follow that side of everything. Uh, I'll let you elaborate on that a little bit, and then we can go into
2: the, your thoughts on this game. I'm glad you mentioned that because a couple of weeks ago, I shared Cooper Cup 80-1 to 1 to win Comeback Player of the Year in the Lions.com Discord. I think... Uh, I don't think Tua is an appropriate second choice in that market because, first of all, I think he's more likely to win MVP at this point. And secondly, I'm not sure he missed enough games last year to really be a comeback candidate in voters' minds. Um, It could just be Hamlin still, and that's that. If it's not, I have three guys circled that it might be. One is Cup. If he gets injured again, I think Stafford probably passes him as the Rams candidate if they make the playoffs. And I still think Baker Mayfield, even though he's regressing a little bit, I still think he's in the mix. Let's not forget Geno Smith lost a lot of games last year and still won Comeback Player of the Year. So I'm not sure Baker's dead in that category. Um, As far as the handicap for this game, I I agree with a lot of what Adam said. I want to be bullish on this Rams offense. The reason I haven't pressed the button yet is just one caveat of the offense In this particular matchup against T.J. Watt and company, that Matthew Stafford this year has the number 30 catchable pass rate in the league when pressured. Um, That's my concern here, and I'm not sure this is a great matchup in that regard, and getting a full three when you don't have a real home field advantage also concerns me a little bit.
1: I would want to know, by the way, if I were if I were going to base my handicap on that stat, I would want to know how it adjusted last week with Cooper Cup back. It's very in fair lineup point. Very versus fair point. the first four weeks.
0: I um, I, the other thing about this, just in just to play devil's advocate here, to play to, on the Steelers' side of things, um, I wonder just because the only dude, and when I you know we always talk about dudes here on the podcast, the only dude on the Rams' defense, which don't get me, wrong, they are playing. Spectacularly well, considering the talent level that they have on that defense. But the only dude they have is Aaron Donald. Could that actually scare Matt Canada into calling more efficient plays? Yeah like, know, like, yeah, like, 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 could it? Could it? Like, could he be sitting there going, "You know what? I could run Najee Harris into the line for a yard and a half, or I could just avoid Aaron Donald and throw no. the ball more."
2: Don't assume I've, Matt Canada is going to do I've heard that suggested. Yeah, right.
1: I mean I, I have actually heard that suggested in smart places this week. But again, I can't coach Matt Canada and if I could, I'd <laughs> want a lot of money by now.
0: Yeah, this is this is this is all true. Just something uh you know, devil's advocating here on all of this.
1: Bet basketball,
0: baseball, or golf with a bonus bet of up to $1,050 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code PLAYBONUS50 and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. The Lions podcast listeners can get the BetMGM app today and use promo code PLAYBONUS50 to claim your exclusive welcome bonus of up to $1,050 after your first bet. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. This is a new customer offer 21 years or older to wager. Arizona, Colorado, Washington, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. U.S. promotional offers not available in Nevada, New York, or Ontario. Please gamble responsibly. Have a gambling problem? Call one 800 gambler in DC, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. In New York, call 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY. That's 467-369. In Arizona, call one 800 next step. In Colorado, Kansas, and Nevada, call one 800 4700 In Massachusetts, call 800 327 5050 In Iowa, call 800 800- bets off and call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Arizona Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks, this is down to seven and a half in favor of the Seahawks. Uh, 44 and a half is the total. This I thought was heading to nine and instead went the other direction and uh, Cardinals started taking money. i I, steven look i think this is like one of the better teaser legs of the of the season so far with seattle um i look and i know that the injury report was a little concerning for them coming out of uh of thursday there were a couple of different guys zach charbonnet dnp evan brown was a dnp dk metcalf was a dnp so you don't want to see that but uh, D.K. Metcalf's already said he's going to play, so we'll you know we'll we'll take it for that. They've got a ton of running backs, so whether Zach Charbonnet plays or not, it doesn't really matter. So uh, I I don't know. Maybe it was the injury report. Maybe it's just people thought that eight and a half was was too much for this Seattle team.
2: Well, if we're going to talk about the Giants' offensive line concerns, we at least need to note what's going on with the Seahawks' offensive line. They have a lot. Basically, their entire offensive line is dinged up may or may not play this week. So I think to feel really good about the teaser leg, I at least want to see the majority of the Seahawks offensive line is going to be out there. Um, I heard a lot of smart people this week bring up the the notion that when the Seahawks offensive line has been healthy, it's allowed them to go one tight end, three wide receivers a lot more often than when it hasn't been healthy, which has forced them to bring in an extra tight end and to help with blocking. Um, And that's made them more conservative, less explosive, et cetera. So that makes sense to me. certainly makes sense. Um, So I do have the teaser leg. I'd feel a heck of a lot better about it if I knew what the status was of this offensive line.
0: Yeah, I have the teaser leg as well. If if I get proven wrong, I get proven wrong. I look at it this way. Even with a banged-up offensive line, it seems to me like the Seahawks should be able to find a way to win this thing by two points. It's this, this Cardinal squad. It was like a feel good story there, Adam. They were like, yeah, they were plucky at the beginning of halves and things and whatever, but it's still equal to a bunch of losses. Yeah. I mean, the one no show by the Cowboys, but outside of that, I mean, all this stuff's like, oh man, they're in the game. They're in the game. They still end up losing the games, right? I mean, they still lost. And even if we're, it looks like we're probably only going to be down one of these offensive linemen. If 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 what we see kind of like rings true here, so if that's the case, not worst, not the worst thing in the world for for Seattle. And I don't know, I just can't downgrade them to a point where I can't see them covering a teaser. Like I don't want to lay the seven and a half. I don't think. With given all that, but like I, I can't downgrade them enough to where I wouldn't say, no, nah, man, point and a half on a teaser leg, I feel pretty good about that against this Cardinals team that pretty much has now regressed to where we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season, which is, hey, it's, they're probably going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL, and I think that they are.
1: I don't know that they have regressed to the point that we thought they were going to be preseason, which was, oh, my God, this team is tanking, <laughs> they're going to be 0-17, right? I, I do think that they have settled back into a spot where – if you're going to play them, you're probably going to play them first half before things start to wear down on them, right? They, they seem to be a team that that comes out pretty hot. Like Drew Petzing seems to have them moving early in the game. It's just that they don't really sustain it throughout. I uh, can't argue with you on the teaser leg. There are a lot of injury. I mean, Tyler Lockett's limited. DK Metcalf's a DNP. Like, there's there's enough here that I, I don't really want to be part of this game. So I, I, I'm going to pass. It seems also at first blush
0: to me that this could be an over situation, but that would the injury report I think would need to go the right way for me to come in on that side. Like I think Seattle can easily go for high twenties, low thirties in this against the Cardinals defense, which is absolutely putrid in every level and every single thing that they do. But I'm gonna have to wait on the injury report for me to feel a little bit more comfortable in that. So uh, we'll see what we we'll see what happens on Sunday mornings and follow me on the Twitter machine. I, I put out any last minute stuff on there um, yeah. as well. And
1: keep. By the way, keep an eye out um, starting next week for Kyler Murray, right? Mm-hmm. Now that he's back to practicing, Like, if you're going to look ahead at all at Arizona, realize that you're going to get at least a functional quarterback because uh, Kyler Murray could come back as soon as next week.
2: Glad you brought that up because I did bet Cardinals plus 7.5 hosting the Ravens next week because I'm already fading the Ravens overall. I think they might lose this week. Mm-hmm. And if it's Kyler, it's not 7.5, right? So I'm I'm just plan a number there and we'll see Los Angeles
0: chargers and the Kansas city chiefs. Hey, finally a good game guys. So finally a good game or is it uh, five and a half in favor of the chiefs at home? 48 is your total boys. This is in my account. I have this, I have this chiefs by a full touchdown. Um, I actually can get to chiefs on the other side of seven. If I really kind of start to adjust a little bit more, uh, the play calling for the Chargers is atrocious. Staley can't get the defense to play. Uh, there, what can we say about it? there's not there's no more there's nothing more we can say about this team, Steven. Like there's nothing more we can say. They're the most underperforming team of the last 3 seasons in the NFL, hands down. I don't want to hear about the injuries. I don't want to hear about whatever. A lot teams deal every team deals with injuries. And yet somehow the Chargers are the only one that can never figure out how to overcome them and actually do anything with all the rest of the talent that they have. Uh I think this number is too short. I think the Chiefs could end up making this thing pretty, pretty gross on the Chargers. So uh, this one in the account for the Chiefs.
2: How do you really feel? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I'm gonna defer to Adam here because I saw him nodding his head and giving a thumbs oh. up here, and oh. sounds like he's in lockstep with you. Oh, str-
1: um, strongest confidence play of the week on on Kansas City minus wow. five and a half, uh, which is where it's been sitting for a while. Here's why: everything that someone is going to tell you about why to play the Chargers is narrative garbage. They're going to tell you, oh, but the Chargers have played the Chiefs really well. And every time, no matter how do- 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 no matter how close these teams are, they always played the a three-point. Yeah. Okay. And now tell me what the two teams on the field are doing this year here right now. Because Kansas City isn't really impressing anyone offensively, right? Okay. Big surprise. The only game they haven't won. It's the game they played against the Detroit team that all of us think is at the minimum a top-eight team in the league without Travis Kelsey and because of a fluky bounce on a throw to Kadarius Toney, or else they win that game, too. I texted Matt during the Monday Night Football game when I was trying to suffer through watching Mike McCarthy and Brandon (laughs) Staley out-derp each other down the field, and I said, JFC, fire them both. I can't stand watching either of these teams. It's absolutely painful watching the Chargers find different ways to screw up every game. And so I haven't even gotten to talking about the Chiefs' defense, right? I, I could talk about the Chiefs' defense. There are people out there who think there's a top three, top four defense right here and now, and I'm not going to argue with any of them with the way that they're playing. And let me add one more stat to why I feel as confident as I do, and I'm going to give full credit for this one true to uh, Drew Dinsick, if you are someone who follows the deep dive pod. He went back and looked at teams that have 10 or more days of rest against teams that have six or less, right? So essentially, you've got the Chargers coming off a Monday night game, and you've got the Chiefs coming off the mini-buy. Back to 2013, against the spread, the teams with the rest advantage in those games are 16-6-2. That is the kind of trend, maybe the one and only trend, that I can actually give a little bit of credence to because net rest edge is something that has been proven out over time.
0: Yeah, that's not a team specific thing. That's not a coach specific thing. That's not whatever. That's what we're talking about. Like, uh,
2: that's a human biology, every, right?
0: Like everyone knows. Oh, you you just say every trend's No, I'm like no. Ninety nine percent of trends are guard. There are some that that play out, and th- those those that are not team specific, and they're not coach specific, and they're not player personnel specific. That is like just a that's just a fact. Actually, our bodies are better off, like you know, with more rest, whatever. So, Stephen, I, I think you were kind of agreeing with us here. I don't, I don't see a lot of Chargers love on this pod for us.
2: Yeah, it's, it's not the Chargers for me either. It would only be Kansas City, and you guys are really convincing me. I mean, I might pull out the phone after we're done here and add Kansas City because you both made very compelling cases. I'll just, just look at the resume of what the Chiefs have done this year. 17 points scored against Jacksonville on the road. Covered the spread. Kicked the crap out of Chicago. Covered the spread. Would have covered the spread still despite a horrible game by Mahomes at the Jets if he decided mm-hmm. to go in the end zone and said he, he took a knee. Uh, Jets probably still right side there, but very easily could have covered the spread there. Minnesota, despite a ton of Viking steam, getting that down to 3.5. Chiefs score 27 and cover the spread. Last week, they only scored 19 points, covered the spread entirely, except for one spot I could find where it did tick up to 11. So despite Mahomes and the offense still trying to find their way a little bit, this is the best defense we may have seen of this Mahomes-Andy Reed era. And it is just raising the floor for them on a weekly basis more than we've seen in in the past few years. So um and they acquired a weapon this week, boys.
1: <laughs>
0: Miko Hardman coming back into the fold. I mean, I you did. know.
2: Yeah, whatever. But
0: what? watch me, watch Miko Hardman have like eight hundred yards to like close out the season or something, just because it's there's nobody else yeah, to throw. They to love him
2: them so much they let him walk where they could have had him for one year, four million. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it's. But just, I mean, anyway. it can't it can't get worse, right? I mean, no, no we'll it can't see. get worse. But, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, I I, I I agree with you, and I think the rest edge on top of everything is the cherry on top. So I'm with you. I'm with you guys. Green Bay Packers and the Denver
0: Broncos, this is one, one and a half in favor of the Packers on the road at the Broncos. 45 is your total. Adam, it's, it's a yep. game that's going to happen. Uh, you know, it's like, I got to admit, man, I maybe I'm just more bummed than anything else just about this game because, like, I kind of wanted the Broncos to be a little better because I wanted that division to be a little more interesting. I kind of wanted Jordan Love to be okay to make that division a little more interesting. Like, I I, I think it's more I'm just... I have no allegiance to the Broncos. I have no allegiance to the Packers. I'm not a fan of, of Russell Wilson or of Jordan Love or any of these guys. It's just kind of like... To make the league better as a whole, I kind of wanted the Broncos to be a game on the schedule to where we could say like, ah, but the Broncos, whatever. And then the Packers be like, ah, Jordan Love, he sat, but look, he learned and this is what happens. Not the case. So here we now, we have the Packers as a favored team on the road against the Broncos. And I look at this and I just laugh because I'm like, I could make a case why I should back the Packers here. I could make a case why I should back the Broncos here. And every time I do that, I just go, "I'm going to scratch the damn game off." Then, like, I'm not going to play it. Uh, what? Let's. Uh, I, I, let me let, let me get your opinion first on this, and then we can circle back around and try to at least talk some sense to, into this thing.
1: I have a friend who is. I'm not going to say new to betting. He's not new to betting by any stretch of the imagination, but he's just kind of getting back into it after having been away from looking at the NFL for a number of years and. He came to me and he asked me what I thought about the Packers against the Raiders in that Monday night game as a teaser leg. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I can, I can get there as a teaser leg. I said, and I know this is going to sound like I'm making this up coming from the past, but he's got the text. I can prove it. I said, there is a three interception game hiding in there somewhere yeah. for Jordan Love. I don't think the Raiders are the team to bring it out. Turns out the Raiders were the team yeah. to bring it out. Jordan Love was horrible. In that game. That game was right there for the Packers to win. And Jordan Love made so many unforced errors that I can't get there in backing Green Bay in this game, despite the fact that Denver's defense is every bit as bad as we have seen for the first few weeks. I don't think that's any mirage at all that Denver's defense really is this bad and for as much as we've talked about oh, the offense is plucky non-garbage time epa on offense they're 24th there's, there's nothing to write home about here there's nothing to feel good about on the broncos side and there's really not a lot to feel good about on the packers side either and i have the feeling that this is one of those games where if you go looking for an edge in this game you're trying to talk yourself into that edge. It's not something that pops off the page at you. I don't even think there's a prop play that comes right off the page at you in, in this game. And so it's already a short week. We have games that we like a little bit better. This is one that I think you just exercise a little bit of discipline and say, you know what, I could, but I don't have to.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, if I'd probably give a slight edge, as bad, even as bad as he's played, I'd probably give a slight edge to Russell Wilson over Jordan Love. Like at least Russ is they've they've moved the ball at times between the twenties. They are one of these other teams that have just struggled mightily in the red zone and cannot punch it in the end zone whenever they get down there. But I, I I'll, okay, I'll leave it at this. It would be Broncos or pass for me. It, like if somebody said you have to play the game, I would. It would be a Broncos or pass for me because, like you said, the defense is probably. It, it, We've seen the worst of this defense, right? Like, it can't get worse. It's, it's, it's been one of the worst, if not the worst defense in the NFL. So, it can't go any further down. It could probably only get a little bit better. And then, Jordan Love, like, I just don't... It doesn't seem to me, and I, maybe I'm being unfair because it is a small sample size, but he has been in the league. It's not like he's rookie, rookie, straight out of college type thing. Like, he has been in the league. He just doesn't look like he has it. Like, I mean, you're talking about that three interception game. It, it, the pressure terrified him like, I mean like 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 Max Crosby terrified him and, and and it was like some of the worst some of the worst decision making and, and stuff that you see from an NFL quarterback and so if, I guess if I if I was playing in a contest and I had to pick every week and it was a pick I'm against the spread I'd probably play the Broncos I, I mean it's just that would be the initial thought for me
1: after going back and re-watching a little bit of that Philadelphia Jets game last week and you'll see where I'm going around to here I think I would take Zach Wilson before I would take Jordan Love because what I saw from Zach Wilson last week was drop, foot in the ground, throw the ball, right? Mm -hmm. He seemed to have an idea where he wanted to go with the football. Look, he wasn't great. I'm not telling you Zach Wilson's a good quarterback, but Jordan Love, when he gets a little pressure or when he's not sure where the read is, the footwork is gone. He's just slinging it out there. And I talked about the fact that Matt LaFleur was giving him advantages by scheming guys open early in the season, right? Well, whatever that was doesn't seem to be the case, and Jordan Love isn't reading where the open guys are anymore. So, again, I think the only way you can get into this game, and I hear where you're coming from on Broncos or pass, I think it could be a sneaky overgame. I think if you think it's a lot of turnovers, you're talking about a lot of short fields, if you think you're talking about two bad defenses, and you are because Green Bay is 23rd by non-garbage time EPA on defense, then you're looking at some ability to push the ball down the field here. I think you could get into one of those games where it's a late chase game and you, you end up at something like 24, 23, 27, 23, and you get yeah. over.
0: Yeah, it is. I, one of the bonuses about us waiting a little bit later is we get these afternoon injury reports. And so Green Bay, it just came through. Ten people listed on their, injury, their final injury report here. Devondre Campbell, the only one listed as doubtful but nine other listed as questionable, including Eldon Jenkins, Aaron Jones, Darnell Savage, Eric Stokes, oh. Quay Walker, Jair Alexander. Like oh, all of these God, guys just, listed as questionable. If,
1: Jenkins, Jones, Alexander are the three yeah. players that would make the biggest difference to this handicap yeah. for Green Bay.
0: Yeah, so it's it's an injury report game, unfortunately, fellas. And uh, if you think it breaks poorly for the Packers then you probably want to get in on you probably want to get in on Denver because if this injury report goes south come 90 minutes before game time it this line is going to go the other way for sure there's no doubt about that all right Adam this is one we've been waiting to to talk about all all podcasts long bunch of stinkers this week but boy Dolphins and Eagles not one of them Sunday night football as well we get it as a standalone. Two and a half in favor of the Eagles right now at home. It is becoming an expensive two and a half at a couple of the books out there. Could be headed to three. 51 and a half is the total. Boy, what an interesting handicap. What an interesting breakdown. You have strength on strength. You have you have MVP you know candidates all over the place. Offensive player of the year candidates all over the place. Uh, really kind of an interesting... What is McDaniel going to do to combat what the Eagles defense does well, et cetera, et cetera? It's just really, truly just a fascinating game of two teams that are great, but great at different things, which makes the the, the chess match even more cool.
1: I can't tell you a game this year, maybe in the last two or three years, where my handicap has swung all the way from one end of the pendulum to the other this week. And I'm fully willing to admit that, right? Like, mm-hmm. like some people are like, yeah, I know. I just look at this game. I see I see what I believe. No, I've every dig that I have done has pulled me to one side or the other. And here's where I am in the middle. Here's where I ultimately landed on this. I landed at a Miami teaser. And mm-hmm. I landed at Miami plus eight and a half. And here's why. I don't need to tell you how great the Miami offense is. I told you last week. I gave you the numbers. There, I mean... Pick a number, and they are generational on offense. And so I feel great about that. Um, Philadelphia hasn't looked right, right? Like, we, we know yeah. that Philadelphia has not looked right. But to sell on Philadelphia right now, you would be selling at the absolute bottom of the market after that loss last week. Jalen Hurts didn't look good against pressure. Um, Miami's not going to put the kind of pressure on Jalen Hurts that the New York Jets put on Jalen Hurts. Here's where I land on the teaser for Miami. If you think Miami's going to win, great. I, can, I can't argue that. It, mm-hmm. it is the most elite offense we have seen in a decade in the NFL, at the very least in a decade. But if Philadelphia is going to win, then we know what Philadelphia's script is for winning a game. They are going to try to get a lead on you, and they are going to try to boa constrict you to the end of the game. Right, they're going to try to sit on you. They are not going to run the score out on you. It's just not what they're built to do. If they're going to beat you, they're going to beat you by getting the ball in the second half and running one of these 10-minute drives where they just pound the ball over and over again, which you can do. Miami's defense isn't great. Mm-hmm. But that, to me, leaves the door wide open to the back for Miami to be able to cover a teaser. I don't see this offense losing by more than eight and a half. And I know you can go point to the Buffalo game if you want to point to a game in which you saw an offense be able to run it up on the Miami Dolphins. This Eagles team is a completely different team than the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills have the explosion to do that. Mm -hmm. The Philadelphia Eagles do not. And uh, I'm going to be fascinated to hear where you're landing on this thing, Matt.
0: Yeah, I... I, the, honestly, it was an injury report game for me. I really wanted to play the Dolphins. And then this injury report is everything I didn't want to see. And so it comes through. This is only about 20 minutes ago, guys. So Jalen Ramsey was able to practice all week long. Out. Not even questionable. Not even whatever. Out. Xavier Howard, questionable. Also, Nick Needham, who is a backup for them as a defensive back, also questionable for them. Then you look on the other side in the Eagles, in which I was like, oh boy, this injury report after yesterday, I'm like, boy, howdy, this is going to be the spot to to come in on the Dolphins. Everybody's playing except for Bradley Roby. I mean, it Lane Johnson off the report. Devon Smith off the report. Jalen Carter off the report. Dallas Goddard, Darius Slay, Eli Ricks. They're all off the report. They're not even listed as questionable. Like they're literally no game status attached to all of them. It went as pure for the Eagles as humanly possible with how bad that report looked yesterday. And and so um, it's tough for me. I think this is maybe a sit back and sit back and just enjoy some awesome football. And if for whatever reason, maybe this thing starts slow, I might come in on an end game over because I do think, at some point, both of these teams are going to find their footing with each other. It might be a a a little bit more of a chess match early on, Adam, than than even a little bit later, right? And so, uh, kind of a feeling out process. Think heavyweight boxing match, something or whatever. And so, if it starts out slow, I could see this thing dips into the mid forties, low forties, whatever. However it goes, like I could see myself coming in and in game over. But with this injury report, God, I wanted to play the Dolphins so bad, and I just, I just can't now.
1: So let's talk about the live betting because yeah. I do think there's a definite approach to this game that you can take with live betting with the spread being so close in this game to start with. Um, if you think that this is a game that trends toward the high total, right? And it's come back a little bit, right at 51 and a half, I think was the last uh, that, that I saw on total, unless that's uh, unless that's moved at all. But if you think this is going to be that game, Matt, do you have an updated number mm-hmm. for me? No, I thought you had an updated number. Okay, If you think it's going to be that game, then you're going to see scoring back and forth. And if you think that they're going to score early on script especially, and that's where we've seen the Eagles' offense be better is early on script, they're going to be plus money opportunities on the money line on both teams here. You're going to be able to create yourself a nice little base from which to work at which you might at some point in this game, if you're able to jump it correctly, if the game plays out the way you want it to, there might be plus 150, plus 175 on both sides of this at various points throughout the game. Maybe not even that good on both sides, but I do think you can create a plus money situation and then maybe work with something later depending on how you see things starting to play out. Like you said, maybe it's an in-game over if things start out slowly. But I do think if you start to see them start out fast, especially, you're going to have a chance to do better betting this game live than pregame. The uh, And listen, I don't want to
0: ever bet against Tua Tagovailoa and, and Tyree Hill. But as you mentioned, Adam, I think in conjunction, if you're on the Eagles side of this game, like you said, it's, a different, it's different with the Eagles than it would be in most scenarios. Like most scenarios, if you wanted to bet an over on a wide receiver, you'd probably want them to get down. Like it's actually a good thing for you where they have to abandon the run after. But the way the Eagles like take the air out of the ball and the way that they go about things and the way that they handle business when they're up, Tyreek's number is 96 and a half like that is as high a receiving prop as you will as you will see like and and so could he get there early of course he could get there early like I mean that's it's Tyreek Hill right he needs two catches to get to that but if if you just go traditional thinking if you if you're if you're leaning towards the Eagles and you think the Eagles are kind of going to handle business against this Dolphins defense. Tyreek getting to 100 yards is going to be fairly tough because there might not be enough downs
1: and enough enough opportunity for him to get there. So here's how I think you have to play that part of the handicap. A lot of what the Eagles do well to slow down the pass, they do with their pass rush, and they do without having to blitz, and they do with getting all of those front four or five guys home. That's hard to do against Tua Tagovailoa and how quickly Mike McDaniel gets the ball out of his hands. So it's this strange kind of handicap, and we don't have a lot of these, but it's Eagles under, right? Like, it's favorite mm-hmm. under in this game. You cannot think that the Eagles are going to score with Miami and win. It's it, no way, no how, no chance is that going to happen. If you think that this is an over, you probably think that it's Miami, because I can't see the mm-hmm. Eagles winning a 30-27 to 27 kind of game that to me feels way more like a Miami script Jalen hurts and I'll, I'll let it I'll let everybody out of here on this but Jalen hurts
0: passing prop is 255 and a half yards and I'm going to go with this again but it's the Miami defense if 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 the Eagles try to do the whole path of least resistance thing the Miami defense specifically on the run the run defense has been pretty poor so far this year like the there are teams that have been able to run the ball run the ball pretty effectively against them and so you look at that and like there i don't know if there's a world that exists in which the eagles have control of this game and they have control of the line of scrimmage and also jalen hurts throws for 256 yards in the game so i don't know if there is a path to that either so something to kind of keep in play that that plays more of a you know, right at 200 type passing yardage game where they're running for another 140 between him and Swift and whoever else they decide to get some carries in this game. And so just
1: trying to trying to kind of do the whole game script, play it out through bets thing. Well, play uh, play that out. And all you have to do to play it out is look at last week. Last mm-hmm. week, they had to put the ball in Jalen Hurts' hands in order to try to win that game. And Jalen Hurts broke down, right? Mm-hmm. Now you can't say that the Jets caused all of that. Jalen Hurts had some bad passes, in that game last week and if we get Miami into a game state where you can go ears pinned back mm-hmm. and go after Jalen Hurts can Jalen Hurts beat you with his arm in that game that's something we haven't seen out of Miami mm-hmm. right, yeah out of I'd the th- Philadelphia Eagles th- yep yep I think so I think
0: you know maybe even two paths to uh, to victory there for that one on the under 255 and a half for for Jalen Hurts but a fascinating game nonetheless cannot wait to see this one guys of course everything we do at the Lions absolutely free so do appreciate the support if you want to go ahead and hit that subscribe button we're getting all kinds of stuff up here on the YouTube channel so be sure and take advantage of all of that give us a thumbs up let us know in the comment section I mean what do you think of this game I mean the Dolphins Eagles one of the both teams we think that are going to be there at the end without catastrophic injuries and so getting it this early in the season is going to be a, a real treat for all of us here so Upper right-hand corner, lines.com. That's the Discord. You can go in there. You can chat this thing all the way up to kickoff for Adam. I am Matt. Good luck on all your Week 7 bets.